Previously on Analysis Complete. Everybody, stay low and shut the fuck up. This figure drops directly down on top of the table where you all were just standing. Ah! A dive to try to wrestle the creature. It reaches up and bites you right in the collarbone area. Fuck you! Caster, Melanie, get this thing out of here and close the airlock doors. And then I immediately go to Rook. And then once it's outside, he is going to try and finish suffocating the life out of this dog. Caster, Dr. Asper mentioned that you have a father. Yes, I do. What was your father's name? My father's name was Elgon Malconi. Last session was so much fun watching. We, we ran a pretty lengthy combat between our characters, our, our lovely crew, facing off one of these alien dog, scorpion dogs, greyhounds, if you will. And it was so much fun that in the middle of that, I was like, I should just throw monsters at them every session. Like, this is good. We should just do this every time. How do you guys, Gail, how do you feel about me just every every session like you guys just getting a monster like something gnarly every time i think um you shouldn't i think you know i think we're good i think everybody got a monster in episode three and you know that appetite is whetted all right i'm pretty sure you're in the minority on this dave david (laughs) how do you feel about getting a monster every session well after last session you did convince me to just create two backup characters just in case (laughs) so bring it on it doesn't matter what I want. I'm prepared for whatever you'll do. So what you're saying is, yes, that's what we want to do. Because I've well, got some good stuff lined up for tonight. I did learn I did learn that maybe uh, tanking my combat stat wasn't a great strategy. But, you know. For those uh, who, who missed it, David, during episode zero, which you can watch and listen to, at all the usual places, during character creation, David had, I believe, a 24. And then decided that when he became an android, he had to subtract 10 from any stat. And he was just like, you know what? Fuck combat. I'm not going to do that ever. <laughs> and if I'll you go back and listen to that episode, worse. Yeah. you can listen to how like he's just like, it's not going to matter. And we were all laughing about it. Like, oh, yeah, he's not going to fight. He's just going to tell everybody else to go fight. Cut to episode three. He is trying to use a shotgun as a, as a, <laughs> as a club <laughs> and almost shoots his face off. Yeah. Um. God, that was good. Reading, I know you want monster every session, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I just think it's really important to not get attached to <laughs> make pretend characters, you know? And every time I write a four-page backstory, it's just, you know, it's an exercise in, uh, you know, my creativity. So, yeah, dude, I'm ready to roll, uh, go go from Rook, and then I'm going to go roll a bishop, and then after that, I'll roll a knight, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. until, until we're just down to pawns, and then after that, it's just game over, You got to switch checkers over, at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Mojang, you know? You're just yeah. red, black. <laughs> red shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's switch to Chinese checker. They have more colors. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. All right. So, Dr. Freya Locke, Dr. Freya Locke. You hear Castor say that he is the son of Elgon Malconian and that he is Elgon Malconian the third. Are you here to kill me? Why, of course not, Dr. Locke. Why would you ever think of such a thing? Are, are you, um, here to sabotage this mission? No. 
Not at all. Why? Why? I'm sorry. Why are you on a on a pantodyne mission? And in fact, why? You're a mason unit. That's a pantodyne unit. Why? This is not my original body. My consciousness was transferred to this unit. From what? From my natural body. Which was? Which was upgraded throughout the years. There wasn't exactly an android quite like me, I'm afraid. So, so, so why are you here? I am here because I want to be here. I'm here because I no longer have a purpose on Earth. What do you mean? Well, if you must know, I, I... My life was in danger, and my father helped me escape the planet in order to survive. You see, my brother is quite a jealous person, and he does not want me alive anymore. Is that Elgon the Fourth? That is correct. Oh. So you came here for a new life? I came here to live my own life. I've, for over a hundred years now, I've lived strictly with my father, and it is time for me to be able to live for myself, for my mind to expand beyond what my father even designed it to be, to finally have my own authentic thoughts. And you do. You have your own authentic thoughts. Why, yes, most certainly. I view myself as human as you, but I understand if most humans won't view me that way. So you don't know anything about my work at question? My father did redact many of my memories before I left. Anything that was confidential information is no longer in my database. <sighs> Unfortunately, my mind can be hacked, and my father was aware of that. Okay. Okay. What is your link to question? Why would you think I would have the intent of killing you? I hope you can be as honest with me as I am with you, because I think trust is the only way we're going to survive this. For the same reason that your father took away some of your memories... I'm going to have to be honest and say that I can't tell you everything because that was the purpose, is that nothing leaked. But I've, I've seen others who knew too much and um, disappeared. Are you also here because you're fleeing for your life? Yes. Um, in a manner of speaking, yeah. I needed to start a new life. It, not necessarily here on Wolfram, but with Wolfram. I needed... I need it to be bigger than the secret. More important than the secret. Well, you and I have a lot more in common than I would have ever expected. Yeah. Melanie Devantes walks up. All right, here's the deal. The energy cells are safe under the haven. So it looks like they're intact and we can load them into the Belissa. Okay. Bad news is the computer that controls them here, as Caster discovered... It's fucked. So we're going to have to run on the solar generator while we're here. While he's, and she gestures over to Rook, who's laying up in a medical bay bed, while he's resting. We're running on the solar power. Will it run out before sunup? No, it's been charged up for a long time. It looks like stuff hasn't been used for a while. Wait, for a while? Yeah. Like more than a day or two? Yeah, definitely. But didn't we... Didn't, didn't the Belissa take off an hour before we woke up? And she turns to Caster. Is that accurate? Is it accurate? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes! Yes. Yes, that's totally accurate. Yes, that is highly accurate. That is something I would know. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know what any of it means. It's all fucking crazy, guys. It's all fucking crazy. And you know what I do now? I'm starving. And she goes and she brushes past you to this pantry door. It's like a large walk-in pantry where all the MREs are stored for the duration of this day. And she opens it up and you all see that it is almost completely full. And she just walks in, grabs a kit. And walks past you. Wait, is is the pantry full? Yeah, thank fuck. I'm starving. Then what did we eat? And she stops, turns around. What? For the 267 days we were here. 
Her face drops. Oh. Uh, Melanie, can I ask you a, um, a private question? Uh, doctor-patient confidentiality? Yeah? Are you on any medication? No. Do you take any substances on the regular? No. Okay. You, Why? You know you can be honest with me, right? Yeah, I think we're beyond lying to each other at this point, right? Okay, good. I'm glad that we all feel that way. That's that's really great progress. Okay. No, I just... There's definitely been some strange behavior and um, between George and Barry yeah. and Martin and Cass. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out if there's any link to why we left and the others didn't and why there's been some sort of muddled brains and um, knowing what was in one system prior to Doc, taking off would be helpful. I'm hearing you right now, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of not hearing you. I'm going to grab another one of these kits for our patient over here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to eat some food. And okay. you can think about this all night for all <sighs> I care. My advice to you, patient doctor confidentiality here is that you should stop thinking about it and we should start trying to get the fuck off this planet and one of these days we're just gonna forget and it's gonna be great wait what gonna forget about it but we did forget about it no we're gonna forget about this i want this to be forgotten and she rushes past you grabs a kid and walks back Brooke's going to sit up in his bed and see Melanie rushing over to the pantry. Hey, yeah, uh, Melanie, if <coughs> if they got the, uh, the the turkey, the MRE turkey, turkey leg with the with the powdered gravy and the in the in the cranberry sauce, you mind uh, getting getting me one of those? You got it, tough guy. <clears throat> and then she grabs two MREs and she says, "I feel real awful. I think I may have given him a concussion." And then she goes back to go fix this food for Rook. Mm-hmm. Caster, I don't. I think. I think there's more than uh, life on this planet. D- did I overhear this? Yeah, I think we're all we're all in the room now. Well, no shit, Doc. No shit. You telling me there's just little dino dogs just running all around like Land Before Time, just all by the lonesome? No, there's more outside. No, not more life. More than life. I think there's civilization. Yeah, okay. <laughs> some some form of food, getting farming, agricultural, hunting, gathering, I a structure, I don't know. I think there's intelligent life. All right. More work for me and the Marines to be doing later once we uh once I find Sergeant Vi, you know, I came here. I, I was told that this was going to be more of like um, a peaceful mission. And after what that mutt did to my neck, I don't think it's going to be peaceful anymore. You know what I'm I saying? I don't think the mutt was intelligent. I think it was looking for food. I mean, how much available do we see out there? Actually, like, how did we survive? I don't get it. Um... I don't get it. Well, you're the smart one here, so you gotta figure that out. And I just, you know, I take that information. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, Melanie, where the fuck is my food? I am starving. I'm dying. <coughs> I need some help here. Melanie brings over the plate, and she goes, I couldn't help it over here that you were talking about finding Sergeant Vi. Are we still looking for people? I. That's what the fuck I'm saying. Listen, everybody, we can conjecture all day and all night but at the end of the day we know for sure that one is KIA we don't know where the fuck everyone else is at we can just assume that they starved to death because they didn't eat the MREs so we're gonna go home are you saying that we ate them and you wanna go back and tell people that cause that's what they'll assume Rook I do happen to know the last known whereabouts of Cass if that's of any interest to you Rook's eyes kinda spark up a little bit you do Yes, I happen to remember when the generator was hooked up to me, and I know she is of special interest to you. (laughs) No. You know, everyone here is of special interest to me. 
Um, it's just that, you know, Cass does a lot of good work here for the ship, for the Belissa, and uh, we might be need- we might be needing her when it comes time for takeoff once we uh, finally leave this planet, you know? Of course. But go on. You're telling me what, where she at? You, Captain Wakefield, and Melanie did go to investigate and follow where Sergeant Sapp and Cass went to when they investigated the electromagnetism. And you came back without her. Just me. No. Melanie, Melanie as well. of course. At some point. What? Okay, amnesia, sure. Melanie, just forget it. It, it happened. I'm trying, know. but we keep sure. talking about it. Yeah, maybe we were having some out-of-body out of experience. So they're there, yeah? They're there to the wherever that thing was coming from. Is what you're telling me? That is the last place we have record that they were. Okay, but go there in the morning. Easy. Why are we having this conversation? Why not? Why are we going anywhere? We are going back to the ship. This place is fucked. We fight in... If, what if there's more... There's clearly more than one of those stupid fucking dog things. We do have a moral quandary. Either we find out what happened to our fellow travelers, or we leave them behind. Another quandary. Traveling, period, doesn't seem very safe. I'm sorry, but the, the creature had very, very, very tough skin. Which means either terrible, terrible storms of some sort that will, you know, create tons of windburn or predators. Something worse than it. I think what she's trying to say is, we're not going to survive out there. I think what I'm trying to say is, whether we, whichever direction we go, it's bad. So we need a plan appropriately. Good is the ship. It's not even confirmed that we can get the ship ready to, to take off unless we have everyone else here. We don't have You're telling me you know we how to deconstruct Cass. those power cells, Melanie? Caster can do this. I will, of course, do whatever is needed. But I think we would be remiss to forget the warning of both Barry and George. They both told us that we can't go back. We have to send something back. And Melanie looks over her shoulder in the dark corner of the room. Sits George Asper, who up until this moment has been particularly quiet. I'm sorry, Melanie, but I think that I'm going to have to agree with Castor. I know how much it means to go home, and I've heard you all say that I spoke of something in my seizure, for lack of a better term. I don't know if I believe in what I said. I don't know where that came from exactly. But there is a part of me that feels like there's something unresolved here that we can't leave just yet. Does does anyone else feel the same way? We all came here for a reason, and we forgot what happened here. If we were to go back without knowing the answers to the questions that brought us here and the answers to the questions that we forgot... I think it would be a big mistake. Also, coming back with over half of our crew missing. No normal person would want to live here if it means that they're going to be, you know, devoured by a dino dog every other day, you know what I mean? So why don't we just put it to a vote then? Since uh, Melanie is so insistent on going home right this minute. For those in favor of staying here... Finding out what happened to our beautiful, hard-working crew members. Raise your hand. Caster, Dr. Freya Locke, Rook, and George Asper all raise their hands. Melanie looks around the group, frustrated. Her eyes starting to well up with tears. She puts her fork down, her meal barely even touched. And she walks off to a different room in the haven to be alone. Everybody, I mean, come on. Don't feel bad about that. I mean, she's, I mean, she's not even that useful to the group. You know what I mean? She's She's, very useful. Well, what does she do? Talk to her. She's in charge of sanitation, clean water, clean food, clean depository of sewage. What would they do? Anyway. So yeah, I suppose you're right. We could leave her here. I don't really want to, though. We've already lost enough people by leaving each other behind somewhere. 
We just need to talk to her, okay? She's already made this trip once. 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 So, the question I'm going to pose to you all, since we are democratically in agreement that you all are going to continue to stay on this planet and look into where the rest of the crew has gone or at least find some kind of answer as to what happened during those 267 days that none of you seem to be able to remember, with the exception of Caster. What is it that you all want to do here? Where do you want to go? Because we have multiple options, different leads. What are you thinking? I will fill in Rook and Dr. Locke on all the information I remembered. Okay. Uh, so they make the most informed decision possible. So, Caster, from what you're kind of telling me about, like, the layout of here, you're telling me east here of the Haven, there is a, uh, that's the source of the uh, electrical interference? That is correct. That could be the most dangerous place we could go, but it's also where we know many of our fellow shipmates were right it's where we have people it's where we might have a vehicle in terms of our atv being right there which would be huge in order for us to kind of get around the rest of this uh surrounding area but i seem to feel that the building a bit further to the north right yeah is of great importance and why do you why do you think that is again i mean well there is a, a structure that was built on this planet. It is the closest thing that we have to evidence of intelligent life. And also, Melanie seemingly was trying to leave us a clue before she forgot her memories that that place might be of vital importance. I think we need to trust the information we know from our past selves. What does a rhino even mean to Melanie? Like, why, why does she draw it everywhere? Do you know? <laughs> well, I was part of <laughs> an inside joke on the ship that brought me great joy. Yeah? I happened to observe Melanie graffitiing a little rhinoceros on several belongings. And she would see me watching and turn to me and give me a little wink. <laughs> <laughs> and... I've never been a part of an inside joke before. It was quite exhilarating. I actually feel a little bad that I revealed to you all that the rhinoceroses were, were, were from her, but I do feel like it was important to say so. So it's just for fun? Or... As far as I know, you can certainly ask her if the rhinoceros means anything more to her than that. I think we have to go for the, the signal. It would only be an extra day if we need, wanted to go to the structure, but something... We might have clues at the signal. And the signal is also closer to us than the structure is. I think that is logical. Either way, we're going to have to spend a night out there. No matter which way you shake it. On the return trip, we got to spend a night out there. And that's... We... None of us know what that is. So... Can Castor recall what direction uh, the the tank tracks were heading or coming from or leaving to? Yeah, yeah. The tank tracks were coming from the north. Like like due north or like a bit northeast? <laughs> Northish. I'm just going to say north. Okay. okay. I could have taken a... I, I don't think that anything takes a straight line to get anywhere. Sure. Hmm. Well, I at least think that the tank wouldn't have come from the source of the electromagnetic signal. Okay. Okay. That's good news. Sure. So we decided then we'll, we'll go into the signal. I've been doing a lot of thinking while I've been recuperating, and I think that is the good. That is the right call. But then also, um, we gotta leave some people behind. If Cass or Martin come back to the Haven and no one's here, then uh, we're a bit fucked. So I think we should be leaving Melanie and uh, Dr. Asper here while 
us three, we head out there. Another idea, Rook. We could just leave a note. Yeah. Separating all of us could be of a great danger to those left behind. And of those of us that go. And Dr. Asper, I'd want him to check out this electromagnetic stuff. Like, it's... It's a part of the planet. Like, he would have to explain what's going on. But if anyone that comes to the Haven knows that we'll return in a couple days' time, that could be helpful to them. I see what you're saying, Kester, but... I mean, did you see the state of the Haven when we rolled up? It was a disaster. And if I'm being honest, I don't think I want Melanie around us if we ever encounter more of those dogs. Why not? I don't think you were... I think you were in the... I think you were running around somewhere, Doc, but... Melanie's a little bit of an inconvenience when it comes to uh, moments of duress. She uh, could have got me killed back there. And, uh... Well, I don't know that anyone's going to be the best help. None of us have combat training. None of us have... And that's fine. Just removing one person from that equation just makes things a lot more simpler for me. You understand? How about we give Melanie the option? If she doesn't feel safe... She comes with us. If she would rather stay here, she stays here. Rook, just something to consider. Melanie wants to leave. Do you want her to stay here, knowing that she might try and use the ship? Castor, do you really think she'd do that? I don't think she would do that. But I acknowledge it as a possibility. She wouldn't know one way about operating that ship to get even an inch off the planet. We'll be fine. We all took some training. There's manuals and desperate people can do desperate things she has mre mres for days all right again we give her the option at least at least then she is free fine yeah that that's fine with this plan of action in hand i think that we should get some rest our friend rook here is terribly wounded and ill needed for the journey Let's sleep on it and see how we feel in the morning. Yeah, sure. You got a duck? Dr. Asper, would you mind if I get that book back from you so I can read it while you sleep? Of course. Haven't you read it enough? I know it by heart, but I still prefer to read it. Of course. And he hands you the book. Do the airlocks lock? Like, literally lock? Not just keep the haven sealed, but... Yeah. Yeah, they do. Good. I would also ask, I've been going through inventory of meds. Do we have any medicine? You do have uh, quite a bit of medicine. All right, everyone. um, Have a good night. I'll see you at... uh, We'll meet here at 7 in the morning. And then we'll head out anyway. Have a good, good, good night, Doc. Good night. As Rook goes to sleep, Dr. George Asper, Dr. Freya Locke, Caster... You're all heading towards some bunks. And he says, uh, Dr. Locke, are you scared? Yes. I was scared up until a few moments ago. And I know that I didn't deal with the same crisis that everyone else did, but I feel okay. You do? Yes. I feel confident with what we're, with what we're doing. And if I said... I've changed my mind. I'm going to try and talk everybody into going back. How would you feel? Then I would allow you to try. Thanks. I was uh, testing on a theory. Martin Sapp, before we left, or before we landed, I guess, said he thought that God would be disappointed in us for landing. And then he disappeared. And I just... um, I feel like we're all being affected a little bit by something, and I don't know what. You know, perhaps Martin subscribed to the same kind of philosophy that many people subscribe to. You can't get away from yourself by moving from one place to another. And as he walks off to his bunk, Caster, you recognize (laughs) that Dr. George Asper just quoted a book he's never read. The sun also rises.
Hey, dear listener, I hope you're enjoying the show. I just wanted to take this moment to tell you about how you can help Out of Depth produce even more cool stuff like the podcast you are listening to right now. For one, you can recommend our show to other folks looking for podcasts. Getting our show into the ears of more people is our number one goal right now. So if you could just recommend it to friends and strangers, leave reviews, all of that would really help us out. If you are in a position to do more than that, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash get out of depth. It's where you can subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you feel it's worth it. Those funds help us keep the show running, do even more cool projects, and allow us to afford more collaborators to work with. Their time and contributions to our shows are so valuable, and you can help support these efforts by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash get out of depth patrons also have access to bonus material for the shows like character questionnaires my game prep notes and exclusive videos like a post-mortem q a with the analysis complete cast once this series finishes up gail and i have lots of fun plans for the future as we continue to grow our audience and if you want to see them come to fruition please head over to patreon.com slash get out of depth and become a patron today thank you so much for listening holy shit I really appreciate it. Now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what mysteries and terrors our players might uncover next. Everybody gets some rest. This game is pretty stressful. And I mean that mechanically. Every time you guys fail checks, you gain stress. And we're playing 12 episodes, and I'd like to give you guys a little a little assist every once in a while. It's clearly deadly. Uh, and I'm surprised we have all made it this far. But... The mechanics of the game are that if you want to get relieve a little bit of that stress, you need to do it somewhere safe. And you guys have locked up this place, the Haven, sealed up the airlocks. It's not the it's not the Ritz Carlton, but it is your Haven. So the way we do this is that each one of you is going to roll a D one hundred, and the rating the safety rating for the Haven under its current state. And also based on some of the successes that you've all had, killing the monster, surviving, managing to save Rook's life. There's there's a lot of positives that have come once you guys have gotten here, including Caster getting some of his memories back. I'm going to say that the comfortability rating is a 20, which means that each of you need to roll a D100. And if you get under 20, I will take some of the stress off. So you have a 1 in a 20% chance, 1 in 5. David looks disappointed. 41. 41. Not even close. Gail. Freya Locke. Still finding her dice. 14. Oh, Dr. Freya Locke's grooving. I was like, what is a 10 and a 4? I wanted to make it 40. Um, plus 10. No. You're a doctor. I'm a uh, doctor. Rook. 30. 30. Okay. Dr. Freya Locke, you're going to take away 5 stress. Oh, I can't actually take that away that much. But. Which you have to have a, the minimum, minimum of two. Of two. So you you're so. essentially like fresh. <laughs> I wake up the hey guys, good morning. We're here. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Ugh. Chipper <laughs> chipper fray a lock in the morning. Does that cause stress for the others? <laughs> Might <laughs> maybe. Depends on how you play it. No, she's I wouldn't say she's in the high voice, but she's definitely definitely way too chipper in the morning okay. and everybody notices like humming to herself <laughs> can, can i do can i do a couple things while they sleep oh yeah. couple nice. secrets all right caster during the night you don't get to relieve any stress because you're burning the midnight oil that's right what are you doing you sneaky dog uh first i'd like to kind of inventory the food to see like how many days worth of food has even been used yeah Definitely 11. And then there, you can see like a section towards the front where it looks like some of the food was spilled. They come in these little vacuum sealed. 
packages and it looks like there is a collection of food that was possibly taken. Okay. So 11 plus a few more days after that. Yeah. And then uh, I am going to kind of walk by the corridors, like kind of in the middle of the night, because most of the night I'm reading, but kind of in the middle of the night, I kind of walk around just to kind of check on people, kind of make sure everyone's asleep. And can I, can I hear them like kind of like, you know, breathing heavily like you would? While snoring, while walking past, like Dr. Locke and Rook and such. Yeah. Yeah, you can. What do I hear? For a moment, it's almost like being back on the yeah. Belissa, keeping an eye on your, your crew. I'm going to stop a bit longer at uh, Dr. George's room. What do I hear outside his room while he sleeps? You hear the same sound as everybody else's. Gentle breathing of a man exhausted. I'll go back to the main room of the Haven and read my book. The morning comes. I imagine Castor did some packing. Yeah. Right? Sure. So there are survival equipment here. You notice that there are certain things missing. Some tarps, a tent. But there's enough for you all to, to be able to create something to sleep in. If you find yourselves out in the wilderness, as uh, as Melanie comes into the uh, main place where we're kind of all meeting, I'll be with Caster, like already kind of helping uh, them with inventory. Hey, uh, Melanie, um, we're just doing a little bit of inventory count here, and uh, my vex you kind of got uh, a little tossed up in the in the in the fight from yesterday uh i'm gonna need to borrow yours why would you borrow mine we only got uh four left and uh <laughs> actually uh dr luck good morning uh you were just about to tell uh melanie the uh the the news i guess it's not news and you we already voted on it yesterday but i do think that since you didn't want to come along we wanted to give you the choice to see if you wanted to stay with the haven or not i don't even know if you'd feel safe here but but if you would feel safer here then you all want to leave me no no we want to leave you safe in a good spot no we would like for you to come we'd feel better if you came i would feel better if you came i'll stay if caster stays with me (laughs) because caster can put the fuel cells back into the Belissa in case you all die. And so if you all die and I'm by myself, I can't fix the ship without him. Okay. So is Caster staying with me? No. No, he's not. Sorry. So it sounds like we're all traveling together. Yep. Let's go. Okay. What's what 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 is our what is our vac suit count? Is it four or do we have three left? You had four originally. And then yours got ripped up. So even though the air is breathable, one of us has to go without a vac suit here. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's gonna be Dr. Asper? You I know you don't want it. You know. Dr. Asper looks at you, and he says, "You're welcome to have mine. I think I'm going to be just fine here." Like you, you like without the suit, or are you coming with us? Because you, we're gonna travel all as a group here. Without the suit, you can have my suit. Oh. Very kind of you, Dr. Asp. Thank you. Thank you, George. You're all very welcome. Okay. Any other matters of business that we need to attend to, everybody? Or are we just heading out right now? Is there anything that you all, supply-wise, something that you wish, like, as you're about to go out and do this survival expedition, is there anything in your head that you're thinking of that this would be really useful to be a part of our inventory. Are there any weapons on the ship? Like, would there be guns or, like, you know, more things like that in Haven? Sergeant Vi said that we brought weapons, well, but we didn't... Or, nobody uh, knew about that. We don't know that. that. Oh, except, yeah, yeah, except Rook. Rook's the only one who knows that there is a cache of weapons. And does he know where they are or where they would be in the Haven? No, he doesn't. Okay. And we didn't find any as we were looking around. No, you didn't. Do I find my lab coat? Yes. And my vaccine? Your vaccine. It's very important that I have this. For those of you who haven't listened to episode zero, when Gail rolled up her character, she got, quote, a vaccine. 
to what that vaccine is for, we don't know. It's just what the game gave us. Do you have an idea of what this oh, yeah. assist was? Could you yes. tell me about it? It's the last V3 virus. Otherwise known as the last V virus. Ah, okay. An Earth virus. An Earth virus. Great. Yes, you're able to find that. You also find, Dr. Locke, uh, you find your lab to have a glass jar Mm -hmm. with a giant fly creature. It looks more like a wasp, about six six to eight inches in size. Dang it, I would have stayed up a little later looking at that. It's long dead. Do I see a stinger on it? Yeah. I would assume this is what attacked. Vi. Yeah, something. The report said something about acid. She had burns. I, I give everybody a good look. Like, if you see these, take cover. I also had a screwdriver in my lab coat. Can I still have that? Yeah, you can have a screwdriver back. Gail's almost oh. got her entire loadout back. Is there a compass here on in the haven, potentially? Yeah, it doesn't work so hot. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. Or does, it's, does it just point to like the electromagnetic source or something? I don't know how compasses work, actually. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. They, they point to the to polar north. Okay, I'll uh, I'll keep it anyhow. Which is an electromagnetic magnetic field generated by a planet. Yeah. <laughs> and then I am looking like, are there any additional stem packs? I'm grabbing that tranquilizer or inoculation gun with the tranquilizer in it. Three stem packs. Three stem. I assume stem packs would not work on an Android at all. Correct. For <laughs> for a... Cast or just run? <laughs> yeah. For you, you uh, I'll tell you what you can do, my man. Okay. If you want to, you can grab some pieces of equipment, some wires and stuff from this computer that's shot, mm-hmm. and I will give you enough material that you could feasibly patch yourself up. Nice. So you'll have to make a roll to to right. do it effectively but i'm going to give you the parts now okay but you could scrounge scrap some of this stuff from the computer that's busted as a android stem pack i think we need to take how many days of rations all of them jay i made a small little list here of stuff that might be found in the haven yes um, sir just tell me what i have and don't have uh, i wrote sure. assorted tools i wrote the electronic tool set check i wrote emergency beacon that is not here. Geiger counter? Yes. Paracord? What is a paracord? It's like rope, essentially. Oh, just a rope? Yeah, you can get rope. Binoculars? Check. Chem lights? Small disposable glow sticks capable of dim illumination in a one meter radius. Three. Three of them? The last one here, uh, radio jammer. No. Damn it. <laughs> Access denied. How many days does this caster think it'll take to get to this? You'll be able to get there at night. Tonight. Okay. Each hex is is like about a half a half a day's travel. Yeah. Half, like, and when I say okay. half a day, I mean like it's kind of vague terms. I'm not doing miles and stuff. I'm like, how much can your body actually just walk? Right. Because mm-hmm. once you start putting specific miles to it, then we run into all kinds of yeah problems. I find. <laughs> so I just say it's half a day. Okay. All right, children, go ahead and uh, let's let's go. Follow George me. George Asper is like leading. Mm. <laughs> oh. He's like oh. skipping out. Caster's gonna use his bioscanner as they walk to see if there's any life forms that sure. approach. Rook will head up the rear here just to kind of cover our our asses. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll head the rear here. Okay. You all set out and start to travel through this rocky terrain, jagged cliffs and canyons. Caster is not only using his bioscanner to see if there's any life, but is also the compass, is also the one guiding you all to the source of this electromagnetic field. I need everyone to make a body save. Is there a chance I could I can apply? I don't, I don't think you can apply skills to saves, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Why not? Can I apply my athletics to my body just yeah. for... Okay. Being athletic. <laughs> Is it just for, like, body fatigue? He was working on his biceps earlier. Who's going to stop us? Who's going to stop us? This yeah. is just us. This is just us. Failure, anyway, on my end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That was... 
Huge failure. Caster, how you doing? I rolled double zeros. Uh, critical success. You're critical sprinting success. the entire time. Yep. Freylock, how'd you do? Oh, 89. I failed. Yep. Failures. Failures, all of you. Okay. No, not Caster. I critically succeeded. Yeah. Sorry, I was only talking to the humans. All right. Those who failed, this trip is rough. And you're seeing the sky. The clouds are uh, pretty similar to Earth's. Everything has a little bit of a blue tint to it, including the clouds. The sun is off in the distance. And for a moment, sometimes you're able to trick yourself and mentally to think that you're just on a desolate area of the planet that you know the most. It almost feels familiar. But then you'd see these porous rock formations and this this whistling sound coming from the wind blowing through the rocks and that eerie feeling comes over you that this place is completely foreign i need those who fail to take three points of stress god (laughs) what it's a tough trip and those of us that critically succeeded, uh, we, we lose three stress, right? That's great. That's phenomenal news. <laughs> Caster, yeah. what is your stress? I'm at six. You're at six. What would you want for a critical success? I, well, it's a body save. I was thinking it was like I would find like some sort of way to make a food source or something. But I, I, I guess it's, since it's body, it would just make sense for me to lose stress, I guess. I don't know. What's your stress right now? Six. Okay. Make it four. You lose two stress. Yeah, I'm just loving this walk. Oh, wow. Look it's at amazing. This. However, you're starting to have difficulty with processes. And there is a an interfering frequency that is getting stronger the more you all move in this direction. So how how does that make me feel? Does it make me feel like I can't think as yeah. quickly as I normally it's becoming, can? It's becoming difficult to run processes in your brain. Mm. However, with your critical success, I'm going to allow you to roll a computer roll. And you can use all of your computer skills for this to try and readjust your own internal frequencies. So this would be like an uh, intelligence? Yeah. That is a 64, which is barely success. Ooh, nice. Yeah, what a, you're, it's 69 with everything, 69 right? with everything. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Right. Uh, uh, we're going to do that every time because we're <laughs> children. Yeah, the you're, you're able to reroute the the frequencies, your internal frequencies, so that they are not as interfered with from this electromagnetic disruption that you are getting closer to. Dr. George Asper points off in the distance and he says, do you all see that? And he gets down low. Get down too. And he's pointing towards two rocks in the distance that there is something black, some kind of fabric, looks like plastic, rustling in the wind. My bioscanner doesn't pick anything up over there? You check your bioscanner, and it does not pick up anything over there. Rook's going to immediately cut off from the straight line that we've been kind of walking uh, mm-hmm. off to the right, like 15 feet. Yeah. Um, and try to find like some sort of cover. And he's going to use his binoculars to kind of scope that out. Uh, all the while, just kind of making like a shh symbol yeah. with his hands. You see these two rock formations, large boulders. And in between them, through your binoculars, you can see some nylon rope and what looks like a very weathered, beat-up tarp that is hanging onto the rope and flapping in the wind. You can tell that it looks like somebody tried to make some kind of structure to sleep in. It's going uphill or is it going downhill? Or is it about you the all same? are on a ridge looking down at it. Coast is clear, everyone. That might be us down there. That might be uh, one of us down there. For all we know... Marn and Cass are just sleeping like two peas in a pod down there, so best we get over there. Everyone else agree? Otherwise, I'm on Everybody, just... I, I am very wide-eyed, but I'm like, okay. I mean, they had to sleep at some point, either coming to or coming from. They probably just took a little rest. I told you, everyone, this was no big deal. 
there's nothing to be afraid of out here. Okay, you got me around. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and take take point here and uh, begin to scale the uh, the ridge to head towards the. Uh, you're able to find your footing, and you're able to lead this group down this ridge safely. You start clearing the distance at the bottom of this kind of basin and make your way over towards this flapping tent caster the the range on your bioscanner is not very great but you're continuing to ping it as you get closer and you're still not picking up any signs of life do you know the range on it was it like let's say 100 feet 100 feet how far out are we from this uh tent it is 150 feet away okay uh as i'm walking over i'm Doing like a little friendly yell, and I'm um, Rook is just saying, "Hey, Martin, uh, Case, it's us. Uh, what the fuck happened? Hello?" These rock formations are really tight, and they've created a, a, a cave of sorts. And you delicately move the black tarp to the side and allow some of the light to cast into this shelter caster your bioscanner still picks up nothing rook you come into this room and the light illuminates what appears to be a jacket on the ground next to a revolver i'm gonna immediately take the revolver and just kind of pull it out first just gonna have proper gun safety here yeah and then uh the revolver is covered in dirt, like it's been here for a long time. Casta, hold this real quick as I hand him the uh, handle of the revolver. Why, yes, of course. Slowly uh, take the jacket by, like, the hem. Yeah. And do I, do I already know whose jacket this is by the shape and the cut? It's a marine jacket. I'm going to inspect it uh, right where the, uh, you know, the name would be. It's your jacket. I need you to make a sanity save. Gosh. Success with a nine. You steal yourself for a second. How you do that, that's up to you. But when you pick up this jacket, a piece of paper flutters out with some scrawling on it. Uh, I would like to imagine that Rook didn't see that piece of paper fall out, but other people did. Um, As I try to just take off the vac suit real quick... And I said, hey, so, okay, look, listen, proof that we we were here or something like that, you know? Amnesia, you know, I lost some sort of thing. There's but, a- hey, who knows? Maybe I was here, uh, you know, no big deal. As I go and just put on the jacket. Caster will pick up the piece of paper. As he's putting on the jacket, uh, a plume of dust comes <laughs> off of him as he <laughs> puts it on. Oh, oh, <laughs> he sneezes. Fuck me. And as he turns around and shakes the dirt off, Caster, you read this note, and it says, I think I'm the last one left, but I'll be damned if they're going to get me. Uh, Rook? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Is is this your handwriting? And I show him the note. I look over the writing. Yeah, that's you. Where the fuck did you get this? It fell out of your jacket. <laughs> it did. I saw it. What does it say? It says, I think I'm the last one left. But I'll be damned if they get me. Even though you and Melanie traveled together, it seems like you didn't think she was alive. Now, don't be reading into this that much. Rook, would that have been your gun, then? I mean, it's the Bullis's gun. Uh, but sure. Are you able to tell how many shots were fired? Yeah, cast the, the revolver, please. As I just quickly put the note back into my pocket... Whatever happened then, it it doesn't matter now. As I go ahead and just, you know, uh, unload the chamber and just check how many shots I got left in the revolver. There are two shots left, and four have been used. It's been fired four times. Doing a quick inspection of the revolver, aside from the dust, any blood, any dents, any um, anything that kind of clues me in as to what might have transpired. There's dark stains on it. Could be blood. It's chocolate. I knew it. It could be months old. Right. Well, look, whatever I wrote on that note, it's Malaki now. Like, you know, I'm not the last one left. We got five people here. Wow. Dr. Asper, as I hand him, as I tilt the revolver towards him, you know how to shoot this thing. Uh, uh, 
Come on, cowboy. I, I will take it, yes. Um, you didn't answer my question. Do you know how to use this thing? Uh, you point it and shoot it, I think. Pull the trigger till it goes bang. We can we can let go of all of the fundamentals of gun safety, but sure. Just make sure you don't point it at anything that's not one of us. I think I understand your meaning. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, sure. Here, just take it. Shall we continue, everyone? I think we have a lot of walking to do. Just to kind of clean up the scene, can we um, dismantle the tarp and the rope just to kind of have as extra material for... Sure, if you want to. Whatever purpose. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure, do that real quick. You all good to go another day? Another another hex? Let's do it. Another body save. It's tough out here. Up ahead, you can see clouds forming. And George Asper says, there's a storm coming. <laughs> Caster, how'd you do this time? I'm assuming it's not a critical success. 21, which is pretty good, but my body's an 18. So. Oh, Dr. Freylock. Better, 54. Still a failure? Still a failure. Still a failure. Rook, started so well for you, Dr. Locke. Success with a 28. All right, those who failed are going to take two more points of stress. Before we get to this next part, how are we all looking on stress? Six. Seven. Back to seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send it at a juicy 10. <laughs> 10? Yeah. All right. For those listening at home, this stress adds up fast every time that they fail checks and whenever they're trying to do travel that is arduous, like the travel they're doing right now. At some point, they're going to have to make a panic roll where they roll a d20 and they have to roll under their stress. Right now, if Rook were to make a panic roll, he would have a 50-50 chance of panicking. And we'll cross that bridge if we ever get there. (laughs) As you all are walking, you're making your way towards where you feel. And Caster, you can feel this energy signature so strongly. And you you have an awareness of this possibly is the reason why you can't remember anything. Oh. So even though I remember things, my memory still feels fractured. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you can remember stuff now, but this is why those memory, why, why it was so difficult for you to access those memories right. initially when you woke up. But do I feel like I have all of my memories now from my time on the planet? Yeah. I do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. As you all are traveling, Caster, you're on this split area where there is a wall of rocks to your left and it's creating a wall about 20 feet high and your bioscanner goes off and whatever it is is on the other side of this wall and is that towards our destination or it is on the way there you're you guys are getting pretty close it is mid afternoon that you can tell so you're maybe a couple hours away of possibly making it to where you think you need to go but there's only one life form is it still is it moving when it pings do you tell everybody to stop moving i think i look at it for like five seconds to like tell whether it's moving or how many I mean, you're moving closer to it it doesn't if it's moving it's not moving very fast okay uh yeah i I will stop and it's like be quiet there is a life form up ahead it is just over top of this wall you all could just keep walking and not see what this is. Should we keep moving past it, Rook? Or should we stop and investigate? You know, I would have liked it to be two pings. Well, hell, even three pings. But if that's one of our one of our people, we, it's worth checking out. Just be on your toes. Courage is grace under pressure, and you exemplify that fully. Okay, fortune cookie. How do you guys want to get up over this hill? Over this, this wall of rock? How tall did you say again? 20 feet. 20 feet, okay. 20 feet. And how far away at this point? Within 100 feet, so okay. not far. You could feasibly talk, and it would hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to kind of crouch down, kind of give like a caster like a signal, like make your hands like this and kind of like a vaulting position. Give you the old boost. I obey. I'm going to just vault springboard off the caster's hands and try to go for a running jump onto yeah. the ledge up above. You do that. You you get lifted up and you hoist yourself up onto this ledge. It's a little precarious up here. You get up on top of this ledge. You're 20 feet up. You look down over the side. What you see is difficult to explain. <laughs> at first, you don't know what you're looking at. 
staring at this mass, you see a large flesh-colored pile heap pulsating and shuddering. It looks like the size of two minivans, side, like back, back end to back end. It's about that big. And it looks like it's crawling on this rocky ground. And it just looks like rolls of human flesh. And you can see blisters, sun blisters, and wounds leaking out onto the ground. Uh, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to go ahead. And uh, upon seeing it, I'm, I'm you know, my, my dick's going to shrivel up a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead and, and scale the wall back towards my people kind of giving cast out kind of like a signal to kind of you know you know catch me please and uh, <laughs> I, I, I jump down you jump down and when you hit the ground you all can hear a voice oh hell no come on Jay do not do this to me please <laughs> help help where does it sound like the voice is coming from? On the other side of the wall. Fuck that, dude. Come on. <laughs> does it sound like a voice we know? It's muffled and it sounds like it's coming from underneath rolls of fat and flesh. Oh. Listen, we've been tra- We have been traveling for a while. We haven't really had time to take a break and I might be feeling the effects of a little fatigue, a little bit of stress, and I don't know if... Did, did you all hear that? Was that just me? Yes, what? I... We all heard it. Where? Yeah. What did you see over there? What did you see? Okay, like, it looked like Dr. Locke... Did Did you ever have, like, your mom ever make, like, those... Those, uh... Those fruit cakes with, like, the jello on top? Like, those jello dessert cakes, you know what I'm talking about? No, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like a strawberry spumoni jello cake is what it looked like. It was, it's like, it, it was, it was, it was, if I was looking at like this pimple that's right here on my face, like magnified like 100 times, but like to scale, it was disgusting. But it sounds like somebody's under that. Do we still hear help or like? Yeah. yeah. You hear it again. It's repeating. Yeah. Just one more time. And you all look at around the circle as you all are kind of trying to decide what the fuck you're trying to do. And you can see George Asper has tears in his eyes. And he looks at you all and he says, we have to go help her. Do you know whose voice that is, Dr. Asper? Give me a lift, Caster. No, 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 no. Caster. George, who the, who the fuck is that? Whose voice is that right now? Tell me. I don't, I don't know. George, give me a lift. I will lift whoever got... wants to go up. Okay. I'll go check it out. Dr. Freya Locke, Castor lifts you up. And after you, George Asper makes his way up. Oh, jeez. I thought... I thought Rook was kidding. It's about the size of a bus. And now that you're looking at Dr. Freya Locke, you can see... Between the folds, you can see, like, a hand sticking out. <sighs> oh my gosh. Is this thing moving? You look past it and you can see a trail of wet dirt and slime and mucus behind it. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Um, I'm going to approach. Are you going to come down off the, uh, off the ledge? Yes. Good luck. What the f- How far of a drop is it? 20 feet still. Oh. George Asper will grab a hold of you. George Asper, with his hands, will, with his skinny arms, will hold onto you as long as possible and let you drop down to your feet. Mm-hmm. You come down, and you're not particularly athletic. You hit the ground. Maybe you're a little too stiff-legged, and you fall on your butt. Mm-hmm. And you look, your eyes dart towards the direction of this fleshy monstrosity. And you can see the folds of the front of it have an indention, a dark indention. It's almost like a a massive belly button. And from the belly button, you can see locks of hair protruding. Like there's something in the belly button or like it's a a hairy belly button. Okay. Oh, jeez. 
but I see a hand. Is it like moving at all? Like separately from it's the big stuff? pudgy fingers. It's all a part of the mass. Okay. And it's slowly, very slowly inching towards you. But I mean, like, it Hello? seems like it's taking everything. Oh my gosh. Hello. You hear a muffled help. Sound female. Now that you're down here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go, I go to the hair? You come close to the front of this massive mound of flesh. And in this indention, you see hair flowing out. And if you are so bold, you can take your hands and start to push some of this fat away. I do. And inside, you see the face attached to all this of Cassidy Garland. 